everyone. This is Molly Dalvitt. And David Dalvitt. Welcome to More Than Hearing, a podcast to encourage preachers to use multiple intelligences in sermons and worship leadership, because there are plenty of ways to reach someone's soul. Today we're covering Nature and Music Smart for the lectionary selections for the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year C. Jacob wrestles all night in Genesis. Psalm 121 is a song of ascents, and Paul urges Timothy to persistently proclaim the message of Jesus. In Luke, Jesus' parable teaches about persistence in prayer. We've wrestled with the text, and nevertheless, we persisted in bringing you multiple intelligence illustrations and special effects. This podcast is based on Dr. Howard Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences. Dr. Gardner suggests that there are multiple ways to learn, process, remember, and understand our world. Each week, centered on the weekly readings of the Revised Common Lectionary, we develop illustrations and special effects using various smarts based on Dr. Gardner's identified intelligences. Over the course of four weeks, we will cover Word Smart, Eye Smart, Math Smart, Body Smart, Music Smart, Nature Smart, People Smart, and Self Smart. You could read more about Dr. Gardner's work by clicking at the link at the top of our webpage, morethanhearing.org. Join us as we explore ways these intelligences can be utilized for a deeper appreciation of God's Word. Then we encourage you to try it yourself. Anytime and any way we can make use of the different smarts, we give people greater access to the Word of God so they can acquire it, process it, and internalize it in ways that make sense to them. Let's get started. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, We are, well, we're here. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I had a thought and it kind of went trotting off and went to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Yeah. So here we are. We're back for uh, Ordinary, C Ordinary, Year C Ordinary 29. Should I start any of that over? (laughs) Would you like to? <laughs> now let's keep going. Okay, so this time, this week, we are looking at two of the intelligences, uh, Music Smart and Nature Smart. I'm going to be looking at Music Smart, and David will be looking at Nature Smart. Imagine that. Yeah, oddly enough. <laughs> uh, actually, for uh, usually at this point when we talk about the, uh, the intelligences or the smarts, we talk about um, the, what they are and describe them and give a little bit of idea of how they might be used in worship. Um, I've got that, but I'm not going to work on that so, so it terribly much uh, for the podcast. You can take a look at what uh, we've got for that when you download the worksheets for this for this week um and you know if if you've been listening for a while you probably already know yeah yeah. uh so instead what i'm going to do this time is give five different websites that uh deal with music for the lectionary the first one is called singing the faith it's a uk site which complements and supports the methodist hymn book published in 2011 um, it, it's pretty much an opportunity for, uh, going through the, the new, uh, Methodist hymnal, uh, singing from the lectionary is a blog spot by a woman named Natalie Sims in Melbourne, Australia, which curates worship and praise music from around the globe. 
Uh, I've found some really interesting things there. Uh, another one, Together to Celebrate, which is another Australian site that emphasizes a more contemporary collection. Uh, Sing for Joy is from St. Olaf College in Northfield, Minnesota, and it offers choral pieces. Um, think more kind of the classics. And hymnary.org, which I think we have mentioned before and might even actually be on the resource links, uh, is a comprehensive index of hymns and hymnals. Any hymnal you've ever, ever has been in, in production is at Hymnary. Uh, so those are some opportunities to use these particular sites for music options. So what have you got for nature? Well, I don't have any compendium like that, so I'm using uh, Multiple Intelligences in the Classroom by Thomas Armstrong, who writes about uh, the naturalist intelligence, or nature smart, that it is expertise in recognition and classification of the numerous species, the flora and fauna of an individual's environment. This also includes sensitivity to other natural phenomena, such as cloud formations and mountains, and in the case of those growing up in an urban environment, the capacity to discriminate among inanimate objects, such as cars, sneakers, and smartphones. So, uh... Yeah, it's the classification and uh, recognition of, of characteristics in many things. And uh, they're folks who like to be outside. So as we've said before, when it comes to worship, uh, you need to bring your outside inside a little bit and uh, uh, help those folks out. So that's what we got. You can also check out what we've done for this week's texts from three years ago at uh, morethanhearing.org. You can look it up. It is... Um, uh, uh, we'll have that as a link on the, at the show notes, so you can go there. Yep. The Old Testament complementary lesson for Year C Ordinary 29 comes from Genesis chapter 32, verses 22 through 31. This is the story of Jacob wrestling all night by the Jabbok River um, after he has sent all of his his family, his, his wives, his maids, his 11 children, sent them across the Jabbok because his brother Esau is on the way. So uh, he wrestles uh, with someone until daybreak. And the bulk of this particular passage is the uh, um, account of the wrestling match. Um, Jacob wrestles with this guy, and then as the sun is rising, he's like, no, I need to go. And Jacob's like, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. And the guy's like, all right, fine. Uh, yeah, so anyway, you know the story. Um, it's, it's pretty much classic. It's one that always gets taught in Sunday school and vacation Bible school. For Music Smart, I've got a list of four, um, well, three hymns that we might be pretty familiar with if we've grown up in the, the uh, mainline church. Um, bless me, O my Father, bless me, O love that wilt not let me go, and here, O my Lord, I see thee face to face. You can tell by the titles that they're, they're connected to the story, um, particularly of the, the grappling and the wrestling and the, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. And, uh, oh my gosh, I saw God face to face. Uh, I found another hymn, and this was f through the websites that I talked about a little earlier. 
uh, it's a spiritual call to freedom is a constant struggle. And this was listed uh, for this particular passage with the idea of the struggle and the struggle that Jacob goes through uh, all night long. There's also, um, so those are some songs, just music that is already been written and is related to this particular passage. I went looking to see if there was a particular kind of style of music that might be appropriate for this story. And at Wikipedia, I found the different types of opera that are out there. Uh, there's a lot. I didn't realize there was quite so much because pff, I know nothing about opera. Mm, me too. But... Uh, this particular story, and actually, if you back it up into a little further into chapter 32 and then on into the rest of the encounter between Jacob and Esau, you have the uh, workings for what could be for, for a grand opera, which is defined as an opera generally in four or five acts characterized by large-scale casts and orchestras and in their original productions, lavish and spectacular design and stage effects, normally with plots based on or around dramatic historic events. So doesn't that hmm. sound like this would be a, 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 uh, an, an opera? It does. Starting out with Jacob leaving Laban with his family and then getting to the river and then finding out, uh-oh, Esau's coming. Well, you could do the whole Jacob cycle, I Well, suppose. yeah, you probably could. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just, if in, in the... In the time that it would take for a worship service, you should probably <laughs> limit it to this one. Well, yeah. Uh, so the first act, Jacob gathering the family, leaving Laban. Act two, sending everyone over the river once he's heard Esau's coming. The third, this is the third act where he's wrestling all night. And then act four would be meeting up with Esau and their reunion. You could probably go on to act five with them, you know, moving on. Um, but it definitely lends itself to four acts. Mm -hmm. There's also another kind of opera called a singspiel, which is characterized by spoken dialogue, which is alternated with ensembles, songs, ballads, and arias, which were often strophic or folk-like. Uh, this is a German style of singing. Mm -hmm. uh, singspiel plots are generally comic or romantic in nature and frequently include elements of magic, fantastical creatures, and comically exaggerated characterizations of good and evil. So you could go the broad sort of vaudeville kind of way mm -hmm. of uh, telling the story with a singspiel. Cool. It could so be a lot of fun. Would you just talk about it in terms of it being like a singspiel, or would you actually try to compose a singspiel? Well, I think if you were going to do it in a way that was really uh, fun and kind of wow, sort of memorable, I, I think you would probably want to uh, c compose it. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and you might not have enough time for that, depending on who you've got around you as musicians and actors and people who yeah. are willing to uh, jump in on that. By the time we get this episode out, you know, <laughs> it's gonna, you've got a week. You might not be able to pull <laughs> off the grand opera anyway. For sure. <laughs> but yeah, you could definitely talk yeah. about these styles of opera or even encourage people to think of other more contemporary styles. I mean, this is musical theater. Sure. For sure. sure. Yeah. Um, and a country song. Oh my gosh, this is a country song. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what have you got for Nature Smart? Well, I have, uh, I've got animals wrestling. That's, that's pretty much what I've got. Is, okay. And so I, uh, 
I went looking for some videos of of that animals wrestling, and I came up with some pretty classic matchups actually. Mm. So we've got uh, a mongoose versus a cobra. Oh my! And a mongoose versus a black mamba. So the cobra and the black mamba are two of the two of the deadliest snakes on the planet, and. Uh, Mongoose is immune to both of them. Dang. <laughs> Evolution at work So there. you got that right. Yeah. Shoot. So it's an interesting matchup to, to see. Um, then uh, there was one that I came across of walrus tusk wrestling. So a bunch of walruses on an ice floe. And smacking each other with their tusks. Smacking each other with their tusks until <laughs> the last one is standing. Um, or basking in the sun. All the others have been driven into the water. Uh, Came across one with two koalas wrestling, and that was pretty bizarre. I mean, it looked like they were doing actual Greco-Roman wrestling. No kidding. Yeah, it was fascinating. I have to go watch that one. Yeah, and uh, uh, there's a dog that was refereeing. So. The dog gets to eat whoever dog, loses. Dog, huh? Dog's kind of like looking in like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was really interesting. Um, then ca- kangaroos boxing mm-hmm. and, uh, a- and a list of 10 animal fights that were caught on film. Hmm. Uh, some of them are, are uh, replays of, of these matchups, but uh, um Pretty interesting. So, uh, and and the one that I was hoping to find but didn't find any actual footage was a wolverine versus a honey badger. Oh, my. And there are lots of videos about who might win a matchup like that, but (laughs) there doesn't seem to be any actual footage of it. (laughs) Honey badgers and wolverines, if they fought, the world would end. I mean, it would just... (laughs) They would be going until... (laughs) Until Jesus came back, you know, they, yeah, and then and, and then they'd get up and walk away because <laughs> holy mackerel, yeah, tough tough critters. Yeah. So anyway, the idea there is just it, it, I th- it would be helpful to watch some of the video, you know, to mm-hmm. get a sense of that. But uh, just that it, it, we, in the natural world, wrestling and fighting is is a thing that happens regularly and uh, might give some interesting shape to this very familiar story. Hmm. Cool. All right, let's go on. The psalm for your C Ordinary 29 is 121. The I think it's the first of the Psalms of Ascent. I think you're right. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. You will not let your foot be moved. The Lord is your keeper, your shade. The Lord will keep you from all evil. The Lord will keep your going out and coming in from this time forth and forevermore. So, all right. Um, looking at this from Nature Smart, our native geography can have a significant impact on how we think about this passage, I think, with respect to the hills in particular, the first couple verses there, the first verse. Um, 
I grew up in the rolling hills of western Pennsylvania, and so wherever I turned my eyes, there were hills. Mm. And it was, uh, you know, if as long as I wasn't walking up one of them, <laughs> I wasn't really aware of them so much. Kind of hard know? to avoid there, isn't it? Well, yeah, but I, well, I mean, if you're driving, but. Uh. <laughs> You said walking, though. I did. Yeah. I don't care if I'm driving. It's, it's just <laughs> True. driving. True, right. But yeah. if I'm walking, then it's, you know, <laughs> right now. Yeah. yeah, there are a couple of real panters in there. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, my wife, Molly, right here across from me, uh, grew up basically in, in the suburbs of Denver. Mm-hmm. And so a very different experience of hills. <laughs> Those are the Rocky Mountains, You got man. the Rocky Mountains and then nothing. Yep. <laughs> the Rockies and then flat to Kansas. Yeah. And, and beyond. And so uh, that made it, uh, uh, made the hills, as it were, a way of getting your bearings. Mm-hmm. Everything was always it, to the west. You just, yeah. yeah. And so when you moved out to the east... I remember you couldn't figure out where anything was. It was a, well, yeah, it was difficult, especially on a cloudy day. Yeah. If it was a sunny day, I could kind of figure it out from shadows. Right. Uh, but yeah, if the, if the sun wasn't shining, I had no idea where I was. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the way that you grow up then with, with hills would affect how you think about this. Hmm. And uh, so what, ask your folks, what do hills mean to you? And are they just part of the landscape? Are they everywhere the, for you? Or are they markers like the Rockies, like the mountains over there, or the Blue Ridge, you hmm. know, and mm-hmm. close to where we are here? And... Uh, how does that affect how you hear the first verses of the psalm? Is help from the Lord present all around you, or is it a thing that you have to look for a ways off? Hmm. And since this is a psalm of ascents, that means that it's a pilgrimage song mm-hmm. for going up to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And so we can assume, perhaps, that the author is heading for Mount Zion and the temple of the Lord. Uh, and maybe going up from the lowlands of the coastal plains hmm. uh, because, you know, uh, the whole central section of, of Israel and Judah would have been hill country. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, uh, yeah. Galilee yeah. would have been hill country. Yeah. So, uh, it, but the coastal plain... You'd and the think, river, I'm going up the to river the river basin, right? Yeah, yeah, or if you're coming from the river basin, yeah, it might be that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So going up to Jerusalem hmm. for special effect, then show uh, a geographical map of Israel uh, that shows those different topographies, and uh, maybe compare that with a ma- similar map of your own location. You know, um, hmm. the rolling hills of wherever you are or the plains or the, you know, whatever. The mountains <laughs> the, of Iowa. Jeez. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah the, <laughs> let's not get into that. The, uh, the, 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 uh, the high spot in your area may be an overpass. Right, yeah. 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 <laughs> yes, let's not talk about the mountains of Iowa. <laughs> Stupid TV show. Okay. How about, how about music smart? <laughs> Uh, well, as you've already mentioned, this is one of the songs of ascent, um, and so worshipers are expressing joy and confidence as they go up into Jerusalem for a festival celebration. 
Uh, I have specific songs uh, that are based on uh, these these words. Uh, I will. I to the hills will lift mine eyes, which is uh, something I remember singing as a kid. Um, Sonic Flood, which is a contemporary Christian group, has a song called "I Lift My Eyes." Uh, there is another contemporary song by All Sons and Daughters, simply called Psalm 121. And there is a song that uh, is in that new musical expressions that the Presbyterian Church put out back in 1999 or mm-hmm. 2000. New song. New song? New song, song, musical expressions in youth ministry. That's what it's called. Okay, yeah. Um, Anyway, that's a really good resource, Scott. It has a lot of fun stuff. Um, For a special effect, add some body smart to this particular intelligence. Teach some simple and broad sign language to use as this psalm is recited or as you sing or listen to one of the hymns or praise songs. Or you could try doing the reading and the motions in a rhythmic way. Uh, see if you can find a meter in the way that the psalm is is laid out. And on the worksheet, we have it laid out in in the. Uh, um, I always think of it as Strophes. the poetic yeah. way of looking at it. Yeah, it's it's kind of in in um, little chunks and little short chunks. From it's where quite... my help come. You, you could do it iambic. It's not pentameter. Yeah. So. He will not let your foot be moved. He, keep, he, he keeps, keeps you will not, not slumber. slumber. Yeah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So. You could do it. If if you have any sense of rhythm. And if you don't, then find some, you know, your music director or, or choir director right. or choir right. member. Or if you need to, find a different translation, from, uh, something other than the NRSV. Right. Yeah. Something that uses different different words. Or, or do your own translation. Yeah. yeah, paraphrase it. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, let's go on. The epistle lesson for Year C, Ordinary 29, comes from 2 Timothy, starting in chapter 3 at verse 14, reading through the end of chapter 3, and then on to chapter 4, reading through to verse 5. This is Paul continuing to encourage and inspire Timothy in what he has learned, what he has, uh, what, what he has learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom he learned it and how from childhood you have, been known, you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Um, I'm kind of beginning to wonder what was going on in Timothy's life that Paul is writing such this long letter of encouragement to him. Yeah, must have been must have been going through some tough times. I guess, I guess either that or he was a uh, uh, just just beginning to to go off to seminary, and this is the uh, <laughs> this is the letter from the home pastor saying, "Keep it up, kid. Yeah, Keep it yeah. up." Yeah, uh, which is essentially what he does through the first five years of chapter Maybe he's like two four. years into his first church or something. Oh, you know? yeah, much more likely that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't give up. It's like, Don't give up. This isn't this what they is told not, me it was going to be They never like. taught me this in seminary. Yeah. Which, you know, is the long cry. Yeah, everybody, everybody has that one. But anyway, so that's what this one is. Um, I have three different hymns that I... Uh, came across from hymnary.org. I could probably have gone to our our hymnal and found these. Uh, Lord, speak to me. 
uh, O Word of God Incarnate, and Take My Life and Let It Be. Um, all three of these are about uh, the, uh, the Word of God, uh, literally God speaking words to someone, the Word of God being incarnate, right there in the title, and uh, a hymn of um, being dedica- dedicated and consecrated. Uh, To anchor the theology of these hymns, teach some sign language to go with them. Uh, Incarnate, speak, listen, uh, consecrated, um, uh, taking life, uh, things like that. Because we tend to remember words to songs when they have motions with them. And we may think deeper about words we've heard all of our lives if we think about expressing them in a second language. So... There's an illustration and a special effect that go hand in hand. David came up with an interesting illustration, uh, that big musical number right in the middle of Singing in the Rain, where Don Lockwood, or Gene Kelly, uh, describes the storyline for another another picture, another movie, uh, sort of a movie within a movie. This was essentially really Gene Kelly's opportunity to shine. And so he and Sid Charisse have a couple of just eye-popping, astonishing uh, uh, numbers in this particular part. He keeps getting rejected as he starts out uh, as a young kid going to the big city, but he keeps going, telling everyone he meets, gotta dance. And uh, so when he breaks into the big time, he kind of goes off the mark. He's drawn away by the allure of money, booze, and dames. And then he sees another determined young dancer that he, like he used to be, and he remembers that he's got to dance. So this is kind of what Paul hopes for Timothy that, Timothy, that he'll be persistent, not get distracted, and remember that he's got to preach. I was surprised that I wasn't able to find the whole sequence on YouTube or something. Huh, really? Yeah. I suppose it's too Just long? Found, uh, well, it's like no, f- I mean, maybe I, nobody's unless ever... it's copyright issues yeah, or something, could, but I mean... Be. YouTube, for God's sake. <laughs> Copyright. Hold What's my beer. That? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, what anyway. have you got for Nature Smart for the Timothy passage? Well, not that much. Um, a list of 10 very resilient and persistent creatures on Earth. Uh, it's a particular guy's blog and uh, Kevin Muldoon. And uh, he grew up in Scotland. So, um, really? Yes. <laughs> uh, and it's his. It's his brother Robert, and was he eaten by a velociraptor? Not, uh, not that I know of. <laughs> Robert Muldoon yeah. was in Jurassic Park, yeah. and he was eaten by a velociraptor. Right. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Which would be nature smart. Quite. And yeah. body smart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's his list of top 10, uh, persistent or resilient animals on earth. And it includes such, uh, entries as ants, cockroaches, camels, rats, bed bugs, and tardigrades. What the heck are tardigrades? Water bears. Oh, They're those little tiny things that tiny look like Tiny little the... things. They're eight-legged creatures. They kind of look like eight-legged bears, except they're about a millimeter long. And they can they live on us, don't they? They live mostly like in moss, and oh. but they could live on you. Um, 
<laughs> Unlike some of the other things, you know, bed bugs and stuff like that. Oh. But these aren't uh, particularly parasitic, but tardigrades can live in the vacuum of space. Yeah. They can live at pressures six times greater than the deepest ocean on Earth. They can take a thousand times more radiation than humans. Wow. They are unstoppable. Wow. They can live for a century without water. Dang. They just go into hibernation. They, they, they basically dry up and go into this stasis state. And then they get a little water and boop, pop right back out and they're fine. That's amazing. They are remarkable creatures. Um, and so they're, they're, they look like aliens. They do. They do. They're bizarre looking creatures. So I've got a link to that, to that blog post anyway. And all of those things have their own particular ways of being persistent and resilient. And um, so those might be good illustrations because that's what Paul is trying to get across to Timothy. Be persistent, be resilient uh, by being grounded in the word and Mm -hmm. just keep doing what you do. Uh, so for special effect, bring in some pictures or video of, or maybe plushies of these various and sundry creatures. Yeah, I know you're probably not going to find too many plushy tardigrades or bed bugs, but <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> but you might. Um, but you know, I don't know, rats and camels and ants. But would you have? I admit, you might. Anyway, pictures and videos to show off these creatures while you're talking about them. Cool. Let's go on. The gospel lesson for Year C Ordinary 29 is Luke 18, verses 1 through 8. It's the parable of the widow and the unjust judge. It starts off with Jesus telling a parable about uh, the need to pray always and not to lose heart, which sounds like a familiar theme after the Timothy passage. So, uh, Uh, talks about a certain judge who neither feared God nor respected people. And uh, a widow comes and says, give me justice against my opponent. And he doesn't care. Um, And she just keeps coming back and keeps coming back and keeps coming back and keeps coming back. And so he says, though I fear, I do not fear God and do not respect anyone. She's going to wear me out. So I'm going to give her what she wants. And he goes on to say, listen, if an unjust judge does that, won't God do better? So don't give up. So there you go. There you are. What more do you need? Pretty simple. What more do you need? For Nature Smart, I came up with a few animals that, again, were being persistent in their pursuits. And um, so you could tag into that other list of resilient creatures, but I think this is a little bit different. So I I found a squirrel working on a nut, and I actually found like three different videos uh, of this, um, which tells you how my day went. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
because uh, one of them is about eight and a half minutes long. And I, well, I did didn't, you watch the I whole didn't thing? watch the whole, I did not watch the whole thing, but because there is a time-lapse version of it. So I, I watched about half of it though. And then I watched the time-lapse. So anyway, squirrels, very persistent when mm-hmm. they get a nut, they just mm-hmm. keep going until they get in and they always get in. Mm-hmm. So, um, you could talk about that and then maybe compare it with a squirrel that gets a peanut, which is like, Plomp! it's so done, <laughs> you know? And so if, if the widow were like the squirrel working on the nut, you know, um, the walnut, the walnut yeah. then um, in the parable, then your prayers to God would be like, eh, it's going to be like a squirrel with a peanut. It's going to be easy. Sorry, might try that. Um, then I've also got some links to videos of a woodpecker banging on a tree and another woodpecker banging on a tree. And, uh, you know, again, persistence and and just... Mm-hmm. And similarly, between the two, uh, a beaver gnawing on a tree. Now, a beaver, I discovered, can fell an eight-inch tree in about five minutes. Eight-inch? Eight-inch. Eight-inch diameter tree. So that's, you know, about like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, can you see that, everybody? Yeah, about that <laughs> about that big. And uh, and that's five minutes. Five minutes, uh, which is that's pretty impressive. quick. Uh, the video is a beaver gnawing on an oak tree, <laughs> which that's going to take a while. Uh, the, when the video uh, picks up, he's been at it for three weeks. <laughs> <gasps> oh my gosh! <laughs> Over three weeks, actually. So oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, and there are a couple related that I didn't link to that show some of the other trees around that that this beaver had felled, and you know they were a good size and uh, pretty remarkable. So beavers' teeth are continually growing, so maybe yes. that's just the gnawing tree. That's the tree where he goes and and got nothing files to his do. teeth I down. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, links to all those videos, you can uh, get a sense, show them if you have the technology um, and uh, or just call those images to mind for folks. How about Music Smart? Well, I've got music. Um, there's a Taize uh, chant called, Oh Lord, Hear My Prayer, which I really like a lot. Mm. It's very pretty, very easy to learn. Um, again, you know, in, incorporate body smart, teach some sign language to go with that if you want to. Um, and with this, the, the thing about Taize that I really like is it's simple to, simple to teach. And, and the stuff that John Bell does at Iona, mm-hmm. it's very simple melodies. And then uh, the idea is to get that simple melody in your head, get it into your heart. And then uh, as you continue to repeat, 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 it then kind of takes on a life of its own. And if you've got, if you're doing this with a group of people and you've got folks who can harmonize or Mm. um, do discants or things like that, it can be really remarkable what happens with these very simple melodies. Yeah. Um, I experienced that one time at a spirituality conference at Montreat. It was just remarkable, just simple, simple, simple. And then suddenly, wow, listen to this, what's going on. Yeah. It was really cool. 
Um, there is a worship, uh, a, a praise song called Lord, Listen to Your Children Praying by Ken Medema, which I remember learning when I was in high school. So it's one, Lord, listen to, to your children, children praying. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then Spirit of God, Descend Upon My Heart. I remember singing that one as a response to the prayers of the people when I was a kid growing up mm. in my home mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. And Seek Ye First, learned that also when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so the widow's continual pestering, uh, this is an illustration, might uh, be similar to protesters who are out and about in the street singing as they march or as singing as they gather outside buildings. Um, or chants, uh, different sorts of chants. Um, so maybe, as a special effect, come up with a protest chant for the widow and get the congregation to chant it. Uh, like, it uh, could be as easy as, hey, 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 ho, ho, injustice has got to go, or something like that. Or, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I will not be ignored. I will be heard. I will not be ignored. I will be heard. I will not be ignored. I will be heard. There you go. Yeah. So just getting into the rhythm of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. That's it for today's podcast. Please ask questions or leave us a comment on our website, www.morethanhearing.org or at facebook.com slash morethanhearing or tweet us at morethanhearing, or email us at connect at morethanhearing.org. If you tried any of these suggestions, or maybe got an idea that you like even better than ours, please let us know what you did and how it went. We would love to hear how using this theory has made a difference in your preaching and worship. Remember to check out the show notes, worksheets, links, and resources at our website. They go hand in glove with the podcast and give you lots more material to work with. Don't forget to subscribe using the links on the website for iTunes, Google Play, Android, or good old RSS. Or point your podcatching software at morethanhearing.org slash feed slash podcast. Help others find us more easily by writing a review at the iTunes store. And of course, you can always share the show with your friends and colleagues. We'll be back with another episode next week. So in the meantime, stay subscribed and be smart. Are we going again? We are going again.